morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. <sighs> Looks like we're up and running on the live this morning. Hey, good morning. Jason Whitten here for another Wealth Coffee Chat. Uh, Monday, the 21st of June. Nice, beautiful day where I am, hopefully, wherever you are. It is awesome uh, and you are well, hopefully, refreshed after the weekend. Um, uh, while a few people are jumping on, usually we get a few regulars uh, in the house. So if you're one of the regulars, like James, hey, morning, buddy. Good to see you. There's Alison, there's Graham, there's Melinda. Hey, good morning, team. Good morning, crew. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Oh, there's Michelle, Sunny Michelle from sunny Melbourne. And there's the love of my life. Good morning to all of you. Uh, good to have you on uh, this morning for the quick wealth coffee chat. And uh, if you're new, if you're new, give us a shout out in the chat. If you're stumbling across this, hey Andrew, uh, Yasmin, and good morning, Facebook user. <laughs> you're probably in one of the the Facebook groups or something. Uh, that's what happens sometimes with that gang. But uh, hey, listen, if you're new, welcome along too. Uh, Jason Whitney is my name, as I said a little bit uh, a moment ago. And uh, been property investing 20 odd years, uh, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand uh, with my team and myself uh, for over 18. Along the way, we've done a fair few deals, thousands, matter of fact. Uh, we learn a few things, and each morning uh, I jump in here for a quick live video just to share some little tidbits. Uh, we're calling them Wealth Coffee Chats. Grab a coffee, let's talk about our property wealth, let's book, talk about our property portfolio, how we're growing, how we're growing it, and, um, you know, maybe tweak it. It's, you know, uh, tweak it a little bit each, uh, each day, each, each week, each month, each year as we go along um, and build our portfolio. Hey, there's Christopher. Christopher's back. Good to see you, mate. Hope you're well. It has been some time. Hope things are good for you, buddy. And, um, and uh, welcome back. Awesome, awesome to have you back uh, on the lives uh, in the mornings. Hey, morning, Arnie. Good to see you. Um, there you go. Hey, listen, today I wanted to talk to you guys about lending um, and uh, what, how lending changes for you and me as property investors over time. Um, because um, as we go, we want to make the most out of our ability to borrow. It is our number one asset in the beginning when we are building our portfolio, number one asset, your ability to borrow money uh, and keep moving forward uh, as a property investor. If you can't borrow and you're not flush with gazillions in cash, then it's going to be very difficult. And uh, I've had plenty of conversations with uh, you guys uh, and people um, uh, all around Australia and New Zealand about sometimes we have to fix the lending uh, first, and sometimes there's some radical things like moving out of where you are and renting it out or moving in and saving money and all those sorts of things. But lending is very, very important. But today I'm going to take you through a bit of a progression. I've sort of drawn something here on my whiteboard about how lending changes over time uh, and how to uh, go forward uh, and think about that um, as, you, as you go forward and you know, what it might, might be. Yeah, um, Christopher, the old COVID uh, gave a few people um, some uh, some real uh, one-twos, that's for sure, mate. So uh, hopefully you're all well and 
uh, back on track, mate. Uh, thinking of you. Um, good morning, Davinda. And uh, Bob loves a bit of cash flow. And for sure, uh, your ability to create cash flow, create income from whatever sources, whatever things you do, uh, is going to be vital, vitally important. So let's dive into this, gang. Let's have a little look at what I'm talking about here. And we're going to do a bit of a timeline. I reckon maybe we'll talk about this timeline over 10 years. Um, and uh, let's call this the acquisition time frame. Uh, the, the, the time frame where we sort of go for it and want to acquire um, the, the set amount of properties that we are looking to, to buy. Now, you know, obviously an acquisition time frame can vary vastly for everyone, but I'm just sort of going to crunch it in here as we go. Now, let's have a look at um, a first home buyer, or I'm going to start right from the start, even if you might already have one or two or three properties, you're, you're a homeowner listening in. Just follow along, you'll get the picture about how finance changes over time and how we uh, should be uh, understanding and be flexible to that as we go. So let's have a look at uh, your um, your home, your PPR, and this is how most people start out. Their principal place of residence, the first property they ever do, um, and um, let's have a look at what type of lending that might be or it's important to understand how to do this. For me... Um, we want to make our money. There's, there's, we want to get, I'm going to put some rules up here. Number one rule, get the most lending, right, from the least amount of dollars in, okay? The most lending from the least amount of dollars in. So for many of us, for many of us, especially for first home buyers, at this point here, when we're buying our first home, um, we could borrow up to 95%, especially right now as uh, the government is doing all sorts of um, uh, uh, encouragement, incentives for first home buyers, this is a pretty important thing. Now, I see a lot of people starting out and be convinced to borrow at 80%, put 20% into the deal. You know, it's going to be safer, it's going to be better, it's going to be whatever. And I disagree with that if you are building a property portfolio um, because what you want is you want more cash to go into your next deal in your pocket rather than giving it to the bank um, at 80%. So follow along with me, gang, as we go, right? So let's say this is a reasonably likely scenario for... 80% of the population who've got a job and an income and have saved a little bit of cash, okay? Um, there's obviously some outliers here, but follow along with me. 95% if you can, or at the worst case, 90%, and we've got our first home, okay? As we're going along, that might grow in equity, you might have enough savings, you might have enough cash, your first investment property, okay? First investment property, 90% lending, again. First investment property should be 90% lending, um, um, every day of the week, interest only. Listen to me now, interest only. It's not time to pay off anything. Now, depending over here, uh, when you're on your first home, sometimes they might make you do P&I, okay? Sometimes they might make you do P&I. For me, for me, I say if you're building a property portfolio, go for interest only as well. Because more cash flow, more cash flow, 
in your ability, in your pocket, gives you better servicing to purchase and continue through, gang, okay? And these are the little tweaks that, that we must um, get because I've seen people buy two properties, P&I, absolutely Polax can't afford another thing. Getting the property both on interest only then unlock their ability to buy two more investment properties. The properties paid for themselves. It wasn't they couldn't afford it. The banks had a calculation that was rubbish um, and um, the cash flow from those properties plus the tax deductions more than outweighed their ability to borrow and um, understand and buy those properties. So uh, I'm a, I, I prefer interest only, especially when you're in acquisition phase and borrowing at the highest loan-to-value ratios to keep the cash in your pocket to deploy for the next deal. The next deal, gang. The next deal, okay? So follow along with me here. What what usually happens, uh, go back to my colour, my, my purple. Um, now, our second investment property, we've got one, we've got two IP. Um, depending on your income at this point, okay, certainly I would be going for 90% interest only. Now, a lot of people go, well, when do we pay our home off? What do we do? Um, I've done plenty of videos on that, gang. In your principal place of residence, you should have an offset account. Offset account and any spare cash flow is coming back here and sitting in your offset account. Remember that. Your home loan is not tax deductible, and that's the one we do want to reduce over time. But for most of us, many of us, from a lending point of view, you can't do it all at once because um, you don't have enough cash flow. That's just the facts of the matter, okay? Now, if you had a, you know $100,000 of spare cash flow, yeah, pay your home off at the same time as buying a property. But sometimes you can't do both at the same time. So the sequence will be do not pay off the loan the money goes in the offset account because we can then redeploy it into the next deal, okay? Just keep an eye on that. All right, gang, we're probably getting, for most of my investors, we're probably getting to a point here on this third investment property, this third IP, we're probably getting to a tap-out point um, around here, okay? Often, you know, the average income uh, in Australia is about 85 or something like that. Uh, last time I looked on the census, between a couple, maybe 120 to 150 um, in the sort of the mid-range of uh, demographics, you're probably with your own mortgage and these properties here are going to sort of um, sputter out when it comes to loan-to-value ratios um, income, borrowing power, servicing, those sorts of things. This is kind of what happens and it kind of gets a bit uh, bit restricted around that $2 million worth of debt across your portfolio, okay? This is where it starts to get a little bit harder, uh, starts to get a little bit um, more interesting to converse and have a bit of a chat about where we might be going, all right? So often what happens is people deploy fairly quickly in that sort of initial stage of investing and um, we get the most, remember, the most lending out of the least, out of the least, least amount of dollars, the least amount of dollars, okay, uh, as we go. So the most lending out of the least amount of dollars, okay, and any 
positive cash flow, any tax deductions, anything back, rolls back in here, sits in your principal place of residence and builds up as the next deposit for your uh, next deal. It also acts as a buffer. Uh, we've said this before, gang. I like a $5,000 minimum safety buffer per property that you own. And that's just for like, you know, things like un, um, unscheduled maintenance and, you know, all sorts of things. Five grand minimum in your buffer. <clears throat> but I'm not going to talk about that today. That's not the point of today. This is about how lending changes over time. All right. As we're rolling along here, there might be a bit of a gap. There's often a bit of a, <sighs> all right, we've bought one, two, three properties. Uh, time for a rest. The lenders are sort of saying, chill out for or two. Um, your rents might go up, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is where, team, gang, this is this gap where you've got to try and increase your income in one way, shape, or form. Your job, your career, get some pay rises, get some extra cash in the door, get the rents up, um, you know, uh, uh, I chatted to, uh, I think I've told this story before, one of my uh, coaching clients, they're a couple, um, mum was at home still looking after the kids after about four or five years off, we had a plan for her to get back to work, boom, we unlocked the next level of borrowing power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, now, here's a couple of ideas in here so we can get this, you know, um, fourth and fifth investment property. I like the idea of uh, everyone being able to get between four and five investment properties as quick as possible in their portfolio. Buy well, never sell is my catch cry. Um, so here's a couple of ideas when you've run out of borrowing power for the short term in your personal capacity. Um, here's a couple of thoughts when it, when we come to uh, borrowing. Okay, um, uh, you might be able to purchase a property with your super. You know, if you're a couple and you've got over two hundred and fifty or $300,000 combined in a super fund, you might be able to use that. Now, that could be um, a pretty simple, easy way to purchase a property. Um, and I call it kind of like a free property, almost a free deal. And uh, many of you guys should know this about the, um, the, the level of... Um, uh, tax advantages with your super as well. So, but let's have a look at this. What can happen right now, gang, is over here in this next phase, the lenders uh, will look to reduce your ability to borrow up to 90%. It might get to 80, it might get to 85. Um, and uh, certainly, I would still push for interest only. Okay. So, what's happening over time, the lender, that loan to value ratio starts to reduce because uh, because the lenders want a little bit more safety or they're less risk uh, less risk when it comes to you and borrowing. Um, many of you guys know this, but there are 113 proper professional institutions you can lend money from in Australia, okay? So th there's plenty of places to go, okay? Um, as we go along. Now, this last one, for some of us, there might be, a, we might be sort of, you know, pushing and sort of, come on, let's do this. Um, there could be some other solutions here, okay? Now, this is over here. I forgot to, uh, I forgot to sort of let everyone know. Um, this is what's called full doc 
lending, okay? Full documentation, you know, you got pay slips, you got everything, okay? Now, over here, when we're trying to squeeze out the last couple of deals, um, you know, this is where it gets a bit funky, a bit interesting. Your loan-to-value ratio might, might be reduced. Increasing your income here is important to get these next couple of deals done. Uh, an opportunity is potentially to get a deal in your super, um, like I said. Um, and over here, another opportunity might be, uh, it's, these days it's called uh, light dock lending, okay, light dock, okay. So what happens with light dock uh, is that maybe all of your properties over time have done pretty well. You know, that one's done well and that one's done well. They've all gone um, over maybe a five, seven, eight, ten-year period. They've done pretty nicely. You've bought one in your super. You know, it's gone really well. You want to squeeze out that last property or two. Um, over here in this light dock world, um, what you can do if you've got enough equity, because sometimes our equity, well, uh, let me tell you this, gang, the longer you own these properties, at some point that equity will outgrow. There'll be more equity then you can get access to, that you can borrow, um, and you'd be like, woo you know, like that. But um, you're like, oh, well, now that money's being a little bit lazy. Is it working hard enough, okay? And over here at this section, this is where uh, we can talk to our brokers and our lenders and make sure you talk to a good one who knows what they're doing. Um, and like dot lending, right? So like doc lending is 70% loan-to-value ratio. You know, often you have to put in 30%. Maybe you can get an 80% loan if you've got a really good income, like um, many business owners. Business owners, um, gang, you know, your income isn't as, you know, safe, supposedly, <laughs> as someone who's got a job. Um, I always find that really weird. Excuse me. Um, but if your income's not bad, and you can show it on your financials, uh, um, you know, self-employed with your accountant letter, then light dock lending can be for you as well, okay? So I'm getting a light dock loan right now, 80% um, lending, which is good, and um, but my financials look great, okay? Um, so I'm just putting 20% cash in. You as a PAYG, your income becomes a bit constrained at some point so your income won't go up much further and get you more borrowing, but you can put in more equity, okay? And, and you don't care at that point. Like, you know, if you've got $2 million worth of equity and you're going to put in 300 grand to do a deal, who cares? Put it in, mate. Get the next deal, okay? Because your money's not working that hard anyway and your income right now is not large enough to unlock that cash, unlock that buying power, so make it work for you, okay? So... Gang, hopefully that makes sense. Gee, it was a long one today um, as you go. Um, yeah, and uh, you're dead right. Um, the interest rates are high with the light dot lending uh, and in relative terms, <laughs> um, it's not that high. Uh, so compared to where, what it used to be, but um, whoever said that, give us a shout out um, who you are, probably out of one of our groups. Um, over here at the moment, you're probably getting 3% lending across this lot here, 3% or lower. You know, even um, uh, one of our clients got a 1.98% loan on their PPR the other day um, as we go. 
Um, um, yeah, there you go. Okay, it's doing 3.44. Right, so this is sort of uh, under and over here is probably 3% and above, okay? Um, and, um, you know, if you can get interest only, then, you know, 3%, even 3.4, uh, my mum is 3.89. Gang, that, that is, that's so cheap. That money is so cheap. Um, it's not going up anytime soon, but it will go up. So don't get carried away. Don't think it won't. And that's why I'm a big fan of making sure you fill up the buffer, gang. Fill up the buffer as you go along, um, um, as we go, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, have a bit of a look at what's uh, what's going on. So uh, hopefully that made sense today, guys. I, just, I was just thinking the other day, uh, yes, Ashley. So, and it's an important one, you know, to think this through. Now, a lot of people freak out about interest only on your Prince Place residence, if you can get it, if you can get it, okay? Now, do the math because an interest-only loan might be 3% and they might give you 1.98 for a P&I loan. And Ashley, just do the math, which one from a cash point of view, cash, uh, ends up with more cash flow in your pocket, okay? So just hopefully that makes sense to you, mate. If, if you need some help with that, reach out to, to your coach um, and uh, make it happen. But yes, Ashley, Interest only for a period of time gives you the ability here to get more money in the in the buffer account for the next deal because you've got to create the deposits, gang. Okay, um, and at some point, your own home, we can smash that down over here. We once we've got the acquisition out of the way, we can smash down the debt um, at a later stage. And there is some very good mathematical arguments. That paying your home loan off um, is probably, you know, mathematically, it's actually not the best thing to do. But for you, um, for you, sometimes it gives you some um, some certainty and some safety, and that's perfectly fine. That's a very valid reason to debt reduce um, as we go. So, uh, hopefully, that answers your question, Ashley. Uh, James, trying to get finance, mate. Good luck. Reach out if you need some help with your team. I'm sure. Um, uh, they can give you the uh, give you the heads up as well. Alison uh, mentioned in the papers that lending is going to tighten slightly and to be based on a higher rate in anticipation of eventual rises. Yeah, you know, um, it's an interesting one, Alison. You know, in relative terms, uh, there'll be a little bit of conversation, but anytime soon, anything significant that would affect us as borrowers uh, is not going to happen until you know employment. Um, uh, unemployment is way down. You know the economy is way up, and we've unlocked um, we've unlocked a few things as we've gone. So um, thanks for that. Thanks for the heads up. So as always, gang, if you've got any, you know, if you've got anything, uh, questions or thoughts, or you'd love me to cover something in these, um, they're meant to be ten minute coffee chats in the morning, and now I'm like thirty minutes into a lesson. Uh, but uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys are finding them useful. Uh, I'm having fun doing them, and uh, hopefully, they, you know, a little bit of information each time, um, uh, a few reminders, um, you know, touching back in, you know, um, there we go. It, uh, a bit of a shout out here, sort of saying everyone needs to revisit this as circumstances change. Absolutely, and that's probably the point of my conversation this morning. Um, you know, sometimes we can be told no by the lenders, and we get all disappointed, but it's just no for now, or it's probably not even no, it's just no from them, okay? Because there's 112 more to go, gang. 
um, and push it a little bit because in acquisition, because this is the thing, it's not meant to be easy. It's not meant to be easy to, for you to buy five to six investment properties, gang. That's less than 10% of 1% of the population of Australia, okay? That is like whoop, way up there. You're, quali- you're, you're qualifying and going to the Olympics. Um, so don't expect it to be easy, but it is absolutely doable if you have the right team uh, with you uh, along the way to make sure you're doing it well, make sure you're doing it safe, and uh, you're going to get there. So, um, hey, thanks for the shout-out, um, gang. Good to see you guys. Uh, make sure tonight, gang, you show up to, to mentoring. We've got a special treat. We've got some guest speakers, uh, and Sam's doing a market update and uh, a couple of cool deals. So uh, if, you're, um, if you've got um, some time tonight, make sure you register. Come along to mentoring. Uh, there you go. Well, anyway, that's it. I better go. I'm just rabbiting on now, wasting time. Um, and um, you guys are awesome. Thanks for joining me. Join me tomorrow for another Wealth Coffee Chat around about 8 o'clock in the morning and we can talk all things property because, as we know, this thing is a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, we've got to go the distance and uh, buy well, never sell. That's my catch cry. Let's do this. All right, gang. Um, you're awesome. Take care and see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.